And now, here's your host of Shaping Success, Wes Tankersley. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Shaping Success Morning Coffee. Second week of the new year. This will be episode number six of the year. Um, if you haven't got a chance yet, you can go into, there'll be two episodes dropping today. So the platform, the the format is kind of changing a little bit here. It has been changing. It has been kind of evolving over the last, I don't know, month or two. I decided, what is up, Nikki, over on the chat in YouTube? I decided that I was going to start doing a daily show, which is kind of how this has become what it is. Um, and Monday through Friday, it was going to be morning coffee. But Shaping Success, you know, was based mostly on interviews. The last year, I had started doing a lot more solo stuff and still mixing in some interviews. And what I decided that I was going to do is I was going to start doing a daily show. And then if I have an interview, which I have two, and I just dropped one this morning, um, then we'll drop that drop that on a Monday because that's when they normally come out, but we're still going to do the morning coffee show on Monday. And then Wednesdays, we are doing a, what's up, Michelle? How's it going? We're doing a book review with my friend Robert Watson, who has been on the show before. He'll have an interview drop in next week. We'll talk a little bit more about that. That will happen uh, there. And then, you know, just sprinkle in those interviews. So the book review is on his book called Ours Victorious. Really cool book. Um, you know, the majority of the people who follow me on any platform are here for motivation to kind of be better at what they're doing, trying to look for that or taking that next, next step, trying to reach goals, move forward, push forward. And it's funny because it's not funny. It's, it's great because, um, I was thinking about this this morning and I'm sitting here going, ah, I'm just, you know, you get in this way, right? You're like, I know that I'm going to do this. I know that I said I was going to do this. So I'm going to do it every single day or whatever. And I'm like, what am I going to talk about today? Sometimes that's how I wake up. What am I going to talk about today? What am I going to figure out today? How am I going to do it? And I started thinking about like what was going on and couldn't really come up with anything. Then I walked out and I looked at a note that I wrote down and it said, you want to be great? Make everyone around you great. And there was things that were going on today that are this weekend that I had a lot of confirmation. It was pretty cool. Um, so we have we have a lot of stuff going on at the house. We have one by one, little by little things that we're going to do because the house is so big. There's so many things with the acres with the acreage that we have that we have to do to complete it to get it going. And one of the things that we've had um, issues with is our driveway. So when you live on three acres and you have a big, long driveway, you know, there's different ways to do it. It's expensive to pave. Um, I, I looked it over and realized that it would cost me about $35,000 to pave it. That's freaking crazy. That's a lot of money. Have a great day, Joe. Glad you can make it over on TikTok. I'm sure you're off to work. Um, but anyway, $35,000. So that's quite a bit to pave it. So like that's, you know, what most roads are paved and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Well, someone came in and gave me a bid and it was like $7,000 to put gravel on it. I'm like, this is nuts. I don't know, whatever. Well, one of my students 
that I had when I was teaching. Um, and coached in baseball and, and well, I coached him in baseball. I didn't teach him. I, I was teaching, but I was coach. He was my TA at the middle school. Cause I taught at the middle school. He's in high school and his dad owns this construction company and he's come out multiple, multiple times to the baseball field to help me make the baseball field better. And I took that kind of pride in it. And it was funny because it was, you know, it kind of played along these lines of you want to make everyone, you want to be great, make everyone around you great. Well, in this town, we had a bunch of kids who didn't have a baseball program or didn't know how I did things with my baseball program because I came from a school the previous year that was like a 5A school, which 5A is huge, lots of money, lots of parents, lots of donors, all that stuff, and you get everything you need. And, like, they were putting AstroTurf on their pitching mound and in the cat, where the, the catcher's box and starting to do the base pass, and at some point they did the whole infield. Money rolls in like that, right? Which is nice if you coach baseball because you know that it takes a lot of time to get the field prepped and ready for a game if you do it right. And I always preach that tone at the top that no matter what you did, you needed to be doing the best you could no matter what. And if your field looks good, if your uniform is clean, if your shirt is tucked in, if your hat is on the right way, like I'm wearing mine backwards right now, but I'm talking about like on the baseball field. If you have all these things going for you, you feel good. You look good. You look good. You feel good. The field looks good. People are come here and they're like, oh my gosh, this looks awesome. It didn't really matter. That was part of it. That was a little step that you had to do every single day. And it's kind of funny. It's like the book Chop Wood Carry Water. If We talked about that a little bit and I did an episode on it on the podcast. But if, if you go out, like there are things that you have to do every single day and you know you have to do it. So you're going out there and you're doing that and you start your day that way. It's really cool because it ties into the book just like with with Robert Watson that we're talking about. He gets up and runs every day. He does it because that's the way to start the day. It's something he doesn't like to do, but he does it because it makes him realize that he can get through the day. So if you can get through something hard in the morning, you know, there's another great book called like Make Your Bed or something like that. Um, but the reality is, is that there was a bunch of kids who didn't like that. They didn't want to have to work on the field. They just wanted to show up and practice. All they wanted to do is hit balls. They didn't want to practice infield. They didn't want to do like all the little things that you had to do to be better. You, you had to practice, right? You have to, Michael Jordan said that he practiced harder than he played. So at practice, practice was harder than what it was in the game. You get done, you win a game, you go outside, you go out. Like there's all these things that you do. So you win the game, you go out, you put the field to bed, you get it ready, you prep it for the next day because you got to go out and practice. Or maybe you have a game the next day and you need to get it ready for that game. And those were the things that they did. See you, Gabs. Thanks for hanging out. Appreciate it. Um, but those were the things that you did. And so my thoughts were that they, I walked in there and it wasn't a great situation. And I wanted to show them what a great situation was. And you figure out these little rewards and you try and help them to be better and you try to help them understand that this is what we need to do. And so we'd go out and we'd day by day make that feel better and better and better. Cut the line straight, rake it out better, um, rebuild the mound, start using clay on the mound instead of just having dirt so you don't have a big old hole so the pitcher can have a, a good place to push off of so that their pitching is better. Like all these little things made it better. And then you have to lead by example because you can't just be the guy standing over on the corner 
spitting sunflower seeds and telling people to do things, you have to be working as well. So directing traffic, things like that, making it better. So fast forward to, I don't know, two, two, three years later, I get a phone call from this student. And he was one of the hardest working kids I had. He bought into it. He understood it. There was two other ones that bought into it. They understood it. And the other kids were just kind of halfway in. And if I was there longer, it would have been more of a buy-in. But as you start to do these things week after week, day after, or day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, it starts to become part of the, um, I can't think of the word right now, but like that's, that's it. That's where it becomes. It becomes part of who you are. And then you start to, this is what sports taught me. It's like, this is something that was ingrained in me that these little things will take care of these big things. And just cleaning up the field is a small minor thing because if you can take pride in cleaning the field, you're going to take pride in practicing. You're going to take pride in schoolwork. You're going to take pride in all these things that will make you better. And it's amazing. I see you later, Cindy. Thank you. Um, it's amazing how taking care of those little things. So no matter what you do, you take pride in what you're doing. And so two, you know, two years after I left Marsing, where I was coaching, I got a phone call from this kid. And he says, hey, you know, Coach Tank, I'm trying to get into the Marines. And he had had a surgery on his shoulder. And they do all these physicals and all these things. And he says, they're not, they're not letting me in because of my shoulder. He goes, I have to appeal it. I have to do this. I have to do that. And I need to try. I need, I need a letter of recommendation that, you know, you saw who I was. You knew what I did. You knew, like, when I was pitching, like, I hurt my shoulder, but I came back the next year and I pitched and I did well. And it didn't affect the who I was and how I did things. And I was wondering if you could write me. It's like, hell yeah, dude. Tell me what you need. You know, I, I need to know how you need it written or whatever. And I wrote him a letter of recommendation. And he wanted to go in the military. And um, he wanted to be a Marine because his dad was a Marine. And so we were trying to get him in there. And it didn't, it didn't pan out. It didn't happen. And he ended up, because different branches have different things. Like the Mar Marines are like the front line. They're the first ones to go in. They're the first ones to have a problem or whatever. Or the first ones to take care of the problem. So they send Marines in. Then there's Army, Navy, blah, blah, blah. They all have different parameters of what it takes to get in. So he he then tried to get into the Army and ended up making it into the Army. So he spent some time in the Army. And then, you know, I we kind of didn't talk a little bit, but he's been in Okinawa for, you know, two years. And I got a – I was on doing – I was doing one drink Wednesday, and he hopped on. And uh, then he he realized he's coming back here. And so I swear I'm going to tie this all in. It's, it's pretty crazy. But anyway, he came back here. And I don't know why it didn't click in my head to call his dad to have his dad come help me with my driveway because I needed my driveway. The people who did my driveway didn't do a very good job. Um, kind of one of those deals where you start to run out of money and you need to, you know, you're going to have to take it for what it is and you don't do it as good as you want to do it. So anyway. We've lived here four months. It's kind of washed out a little bit. There's like swells and things like that where they shouldn't be. It needed more base and it needed to be rolled and it needed chips on top of it and all this stuff. And so we're sitting out here and 
I called him and he's like, I would love to come help you. And so we got out here. His dad came with him and I knew, I knew the kind of work that his dad did. I knew that he was working for his dad, um, being trained and learning to do all this stuff. And they came out and they started doing things with it. And it's, it was like, I don't like this this way. This is the way that I would do it. But they were taking pride in everything that they were doing instead of just like, hey, we need to get this done and we're going to half-ass it to make it happen. Well, they didn't do this right. They didn't do this right. Let's fix this. Let's do that. We want to be able to label this as something that we did and make it better. And so I feel like, you know, that whole line, you want to be great, make everyone around you, make everyone around you great. I'm sitting here talking to his dad while he's on the Bobcat spreading rock, straightening things out, going through, just making everything better and taking pride in what he's doing. And he's training him to do this. And we're talking and we're having this conversation about, you know, this is what I taught him. This is how he does it. This is why he is who he is. And it was just amazing to see that that parenting that he was given because he wanted his son to be just as good as him, if not better, in everything that he did, he ingrained in him at a young age. And he explained to me how he did that and the things that he did and it just was great. It was really cool to be able to be around that and understand that this is what it takes and that some, not everyone's going to get it. Not everyone's going to think the same way you are. Not everyone's going to take the same pride in the things that you do. But you can keep telling them and keep ingraining that in their mind. And it takes on and it hits and it works. So it's it's tough to understand that sometimes. It's crazy to think about it. What's up, Sharon over on TikTok? But it really, it really hits home. Okay. When you see that. And I'm, you know, I'm 43. I've had a couple different jobs. I was, you know, an assistant manager at a tire store at one point, you know, and I was always trying to make myself better. And the things that I always learned was that the more people knew around me, as simple as it is at a, like you might think it's simple at a tire store. If I told you the whole story about the whole company, it'd be like completely different story. But like as simple as it is, if that person knows, has the knowledge to do everything in that store, your job becomes easier. They take pride in things. They feel like you're giving them something that makes them better. They take ownership in the situation. And that's what I was trying to make my team think. Like, I'm not there, but this is how Coach Tank would want it. Let's go out there and go do this this way because this is what it's supposed to be. It is supposed to be perfect. If that line has if that if that line has dirt in it, then it's not good enough, you know. And then what happens if we don't take care of that dirt in the line? It turns into the grass goes away, and it turns like there's so many different things that you can do that they learn. We learn to take pride in what we do. So it's, it's just one of those things, man. It's just one of those things that you have to learn that even when you are not taking pride in what you're doing, people see that and they, they do what you do. They emulate that. These younger generation wants to needs, needs help, needs guidelines to make that happen. And if you don't get that, when you're younger, it carries over into your adulthood. And there's lots of people that 
don't take pride in what they do. It's really easy to just walk out of a room, even when you have the answer, but you don't want to do it. You don't want to fix it. You don't. That's the hardest part that I have is like, I can't tell people to take that pride in what they're doing. But if I was doing something, no matter what I'm doing, I'm going to do it to the best of the ability that I can. And I'm going to share my knowledge with people. And I'm not going to give up. Because a lot of times people give up sharing that knowledge. And when you do that, it, it can be detrimental to the person you're trying to train or teach to do something because it's tough. I get it. You told them one time. Maybe you need to tell them twice. You told them a third time. Maybe you need to tell them a fourth time. And you may get tired of it. And if nothing is going to change, then you just get pissed off. And then you're like, I'm done. I'm over it. Try a different way. Try a different avenue. Everyone is different. I told you before it was better for me to get yelled at than it was the other guy. Because if my little brother got yelled at, he would just like kind of shrink down and be done. I got yelled at. I rose to the occasion. I became a, a harder hitter. You know, and so you have to be willing to do that. But the other part about building people up to be better, and I, every interview I've ever gone into when I've sat down with someone and talked to him, well, why do you want to do this? What is your future goals? How do you want to be there? And my answer is always, and it's 100% true when I say it, is that I want your job. And the person who's interviewing you can take that two ways. They can number one say, well, you're not taking my job. Or they can say, well, I want to teach you everything I know so that you could do my job. And they're willing to build people up so that no matter what, even if that person is not at the same job and they're not working, you know, they're not going to be there forever. They're going to make you be as good because it's a feather in their cap to go. I trained that guy. You know, you think about it, you're making, you're working at a hundred thousand dollar a year company and they train you to be a million dollar a year employee. Number one, you made them a bunch of money along the way. And number two, you've created something for someone who can be better. There is a lot to be said for that. But some people will hold their knowledge close to them because they don't want that person to be better. They don't want that person to take their position. They don't want that person to move up. They don't want that person to be anything more than what they are. And it's pretty selfish. And I worked at two different kinds of stores as a, as a employee at, at Les Schwab. And this is just one of those things. It's like I sit there and I go out and there's these employees and they're just like, oh, no, they're not worth it. Like they kind of give up on them. They don't want to train them anymore. Well, you go in and so say you're selling something like we're our job was called sales and service, right? And so I'm selling I'm selling a set of tires. The kid goes in, he's got a flat tire and it's bald and whatever, it's ruined. They need a, a new set of tires and is like, hey, can you go quote this? I said, well, why don't you go quote it? And I'll help you. Well, the employer would get mad because it would take two people to go in there and learn how to do that. And instead... He was taking him and me, or he would he would take me off of my job, and then that employee would have to go in or go back out and work and not learn anything. So he found it. He needed to do it. He needed to learn how to do it, and he needed to be able to sell the product. Well, he's never going to get that knowledge if he doesn't do it. So I would take him in. 
I'd get a little bit of flack for it, but I would get them to the point where he could do it. And my boss at that, at that store had no value in that. Like, and to me, it was like the more everyone knows, the more efficiently this runs. And we're creating employees. We're creating people who want to move forward. We're creating people who want to be promoted. If they don't want to be promoted, they're going to work just as hard though. And they'll be able to share their knowledge with those other people. And it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a never ending story. So making people around you better and you look at it like we were talking about Michael Jordan and I use Michael Jordan a lot because he's someone that a lot of people know but he those t- those championship teams if you watch uh the last dance you'll see like and Tom Brady does this too NFL you bring in the people who work just as hard as you that you play with that will bring everyone up to the level that you're at so that you'll want to be better and that's that's where that's where it comes from. That's what happens. So knowing that you're building other people instead of just being there. I'm I'm the king. I'm the person who everyone's going to come to because I'm so good at this. Well, how about you make other people good at the same thing that you're doing? So that's it. That's the story today. You want to be great, make everyone around you great. Think about how you can use that in your life today. If you want to support the show, like my Patreons, Nikki and Anna, you can go over to patreon.com for as little as $3 a month. Support the show, get some shout outs like they do. We also have some subscribers here on TikTok. If you want to subscribe, Nikki, Vanna, Twisted D, Michelle, thank you all for subscribing on TikTok. It helps the show get better. I've got a lot of things going on that I need to do to get stuff out there. I'm working on a gift right now for my patrons. Um, I need to send out. If you're subbing and you see this, hit me up. Let me know. I'll send you some Shaping Success stickers. DM me. And um, remember to go out today and, and think about in your life how you can make the next person that you're working with, your kids, your family, anyone better. Teach them something that will allow them to be great. And, you know, let them know that you're there for them. Till next time, I challenge you to find the shape of your success.